Build a Coach, Episode 15, Risky Business, Design Bid Build versus Design Build. Let's go. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Builder Coach. I help you, the property owner, manage the chaos of a renovation or remodeling project so that you don't lose money, experience a mental breakdown, or become victim to a failed project. The Build It Coach is specifically designed to empower the non-construction professional. I'm your host, Dale R. Scriven, project management and design build professional. Welcome to the, to today's episode titled Risky Business, Design Bid Build versus Design Build. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of this episode, let's start off with our smart property owner quote. And today is very simple. In dreams begins responsibilities. In dreams begins responsibilities. That's by William Butler Yeats. It's apropos for today's episode because it talks about responsibilities, the responsible party. Responsibility drives focus, accountability, and ultimately good results. This quote is right on point, again, for today's episode, Risky Business, Design Bid Build versus Design Build. So today's focus, we're going to focus today on Design Bid Build. Let's contrast the two. Again, Design Bid Build versus Design Build. Both of them are what we call project delivery systems. Project delivery systems, a system to bring about an outcome or a project. So design build, very simple. And we're going to keep it simple today. Try not to get too complex. We will build on it to where we can get into the meat and potatoes and drive some complexity, some deeper understandings. But today we want to keep it simple. Design build. That's where you have the designer and the builder under one umbrella and they coordinate with the owner, you, the owner, and they coordinate to deliver a solution, your project. All right. So in this case, you have two major parties, the owner and the design builder. Today's focus will be on design bid build. And that's what you that's the typical process that you see in construction, whether you're watching TV and you normally have, let's say, three separate parties, the owner, the designer and the contractor, three separate parties. And so it starts with an idea, normally the owner's idea. The ideas get memorialized into floor plans. That's where the designer comes in. The designer is able to piece together all the dreams and all the concepts from the owner. So you'll have a plan, floor plans, specifications, things written down, whether it be a scope of work. And then simply, and I use that word in quotes, simply the contractor builds the plan. So here we have a handoff where the, the contractor takes the plans and builds the plans. All right. They build the plans. I want to keep it very, very, very simple. And normally the contractor builds the cost sometimes or a lot of the times go up during the project. Then you as the owner pay the bill, you pay the contractor, and then eventually, hopefully, your project gets finished. All right. So today, again, we're going to double click on this design, bid, build process. All right. And again, normally you're the owner in this whole process, whether it be uh, a normal property owner, someone coming into your home, your residential property, a house flipper, 
what have you. Still, it's the same thing, the owner, the designer, someone who is skilled in construction practices, codes, design, all right? And that designer could be architectural, structural, interiors, landscape design, what have you. Someone who understands the owner's concepts and dreams and they're able to put them onto a plan. This person could be licensed or not licensed, depending on where you are within, you know, whether it be United States, worldwide, um, different jurisdictions have different requirements, whether this designer needs to be licensed or not. But bottom line, you have a designer, a person playing that role. And then you have the contractor. And let's take a close look at the contractor. And one of the main reasons why we have these three separate parties, the contractor is mainly um, responsible for building techniques, building techniques as it adheres to local codes, laws, safety, generally, generally speaking, workmanship. All right. Workmanship, but basically taking the plans and building them per the requirements of where they where they are building, where the project is at not responsible for design, not responsible. In episode nine, we had Chris Jackson on. And um, in that episode, we we revealed that the contractor did some design for Chris to um, eliminate some mold in the basement. The design was good, but it didn't solve the problem. After the contractor charged Chris to remove the mold to get, you know, to to basically redesign the space to where the mold problem would not persist, would not happen. The mold persisted and the problem was not solved. So that was money out of Chris's um, pocket. The main reason was the incorrect person was doing the design. They built it correctly, but the design was poor. All right. And that leads to the last bullet point in this thing with the contractor's license, what they're not licensed to do and more importantly, qualified to do developing the requirements for the project. That's not their job. That's that's between you and the designer. You need to get with your designer and develop the requirements that leads to that's an input into the scope of work or plans. The owner and the designer develop the requirements. Okay. Because I've been getting emails, having conversations with people about bad design and being stuck with the bill. And then when I dig into the conversation, I find out that they're allowing they're allowing the contractor to participate way too much in the design process. All right. Just think about that. Contractors build designers need to design owners need to own. All three elements need to do their part, be responsible for their part so everything goes smooth. All right. Again, let's let's go into a little bit more. The, the key elements of design bid building. And the first one, we alluded to it. Um, one of the first main elements, and again, we're keeping it simple today, but one of the first key elements, gather the requirements. All right. Your wants and needs, the design requirements to include codes and best practices. You and you, you and your designer get together with that, okay? All right? It requires a designer who can memorialize the requirements onto a plan. So if you gather all the requirements and you can't um, communicate those requirements 
to a builder, then it's all for naught. So someone has to be skilled in order to be able to memorialize that onto a plan, whether it be a written scope of work, plans, um, specifications, etc. And then this is a very important part. Let's say all that happens. You have a nice plan. All right. You have this great plan. Everything is sketched out. It's been researched. You have a fail proof plan. But this is where it can fail dramatically. Creating or entering into an agreement, not a handshake entering into an agreement to execute the plan, making sure that you and your contractor to as much as possible see eye to eye in regards to what is necessary to execute the plan. All right. That is a, um, a milestone that should not be rushed. You shouldn't rush into coming to an agreement. If it takes you three weeks, four weeks to hash out an agreement, to where you, in conjunction with your designer, have a plan with the builder to execute a plan, that would be that will be good time spent, a great investment of your time. That's a part that a lot of people rush into. And I'll definitely give you a clue that, you know, on a professional side, we take that uh, milestone very seriously. We do not rush the contracting um, piece of it. Actually, we we talk about that in the pre-phase before we enter into the uh, actual contract. And we'll talk about that, um, that whole pre-phase on a, on a later episode. And then after your agreement, then you build the plan. All right. And your designer should be with you while you're building the plan because adjustments may need to be made during the building process And you will need some guidance in regards to how do you make adjustments and make sure that the plan that you intend to have built is indeed built. All right. So I want to reiterate, you start going down a slippery slope. When you start having your contractor start designing and this happens during the construction phase. Oh, we can't do this. But if we do this and do that then we can do this. And that's great because you want your contractor to provide good information, some insight, some of their experiences. All right. But guess what? You should have a designer looking over their shoulder to verify whether or not that recommendation is a good recommendation and should it be permitted? Because guess what? It may not solve your issue. I had a friend. (laughs) He hired a contractor to fix a leak in his basement. Very simple, very simple process. Instead of sealing the basement from the outside, which is normally done, he allowed the contractor to convince him to seal it from the inside because he saw the cracks where the water was coming through the brick. And you could see the erosion of the joints. All right. And he said, hey, I can reseal from the inside, make it look real nice at the same time and the water won't come in. Well, anyone in the construction business business understands that water pressure is almost next to impossible to stop. You really can't stop it. All you can do is redirect water. You can't necessarily stop it. Um, All right. So you want to redirect water. Bottom line. 
the contractor did a good job in sealing the inside of the brick. Did a great job. The quality was good. Bottom line, it was a bad design. They didn't incorporate the design to take the water away from the house to stop the buildup of water away from the house so that that it would not leak. So bad design, good construction, but bad design, and the water still leaked. And then eventually had to pay for the for the project to be properly um, drained on the outside as well as waterproof. All right. And this is the bad thing. When a contractor enters into the design arena per their license, they're not liable. Contractors are only required in most jurisdictions to carry liability insurance for building issues, workmen's compensation issues for their employees, etc. But they don't have any design insurance. And it's just the opposite with licensed professionals and designers who have the insurance. Their liability is for design and not for building. See, that that insurance kind of gives you insight on who should be doing what. So that's why contractors are more, they're so eager to give you design advice because A, it'll keep the job running. Number two, it'll finance the contractor's pocket, right? If they can get over a design hurdle and easily make a recommendation, the job goes, they continue, they continue to make money, but they don't have to be liable. Isn't that the best situation to be in? to be able to do something and not be liable for it. Yeah. Do not let your contractor enter into the design arena unless, unless they are carrying some type of design insurance, but you know where that normally occurs when they carry design insurance, you said it in a design build contractual situation, not design bid build. And so you're kind of getting some insight to our next topic for next week when we talk about design build. But in design build, design bid build, that project delivery system, they don't carry the insurance for design. So don't allow a contractor to to design a system to remove your mold. And it doesn't. In the case of, of Chris, when he was going through his hassles in episode nine, thank you so much again for sharing your trials and tribulations, Chris. Um, And again, my friend that had the basement where they sealed it from the inside and not only did it not solve his problem, but he paid for it and had to pay for it on the outside again. All right. So bottom line in design build build, there are two major parties, the designer and the builder. When you start mixing and matching, you enter into dangerous, 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 um, um, you know, waters. Again, design, bid, builder. So you have the uh, designer, owner, and the builder. But I like it to keep it simple. Again, simple is always better. You have the contractor, designer, all right? Doctor, patient. Teacher, student. Mentor, mentee. Parent, child. Inside, outside. Left hand, right, right hand. These things are simple, all right? These things are simple and let's keep it simple. So that was some quick insight. We will drill into, again, like earlier I mentioned, develop requirements, 
that's a whole process within and of itself that we will dig into. Um, how do you develop good requirements for your project so you do lead to better outcomes? We'll double click on that later. But we just want to introduce this to you because I'm getting a lot of, um, you know, emails and conversation out in the field. And I just wanted to give you a tidbit today um, to make sure you guys, you know, don't lose money out here because, uh, you know, your money can disappear in a flash with a couple of minor mistakes, a couple of major mistakes. And then your project is bankrupt. And um, this is this is low hanging fruit. If you allow people to stay in their lanes, stay in your lane, then it becomes simple. When you start having a lot of lane switching, aggressive driving, as they would say, with contractors and designers, people doing things that they should not be doing, owners doing this and that then it becomes much more complex and the likelihood of having having an accident increases dramatically. There you have it. This episode is a wrap. Today's takeaway, contractors are responsible for building. All right. Number two, contractors are not liable for bad design. All right. Number three, resist the temptation for the contractor to develop your solution or requirement Use the designers. That's number four. Let the designers design and the builders build. And I'll add this. Owners should own. Stay in your lane. Feel good about yourself. You took the time to learn. Acting on this information gives you a fighting chance against project chaos, money loss, continuous stress or greedy, unethical contractors. If you know someone who needs help, invite them to listen. Let's look out for one another and build a strong community of property owners and investors who deserve a dream renovation or remodeling project. Make sure you subscribe to Build a Coach on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or your favorite place to listen to podcasts. For more details, visit buildacoach.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, may your dream renovation project become a reality. Peace. Please understand that every construction project is unique. Therefore, the lessons, teachings, and principles expressed in this podcast need to be tailored to your individual project. Any advice or information expressed in this podcast is intended to inform, educate, and teach. All advice and information is based on experience, research, and opinion.